watching Mallrats, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for listening. All right, welcome back to the Mallrats podcast. Welcome back. It's been it's forever. Been it's been a while. It's been a bit. Yeah, life life happens. Life happens. And killing time between Boba and uh, Obi Wan, which should it just be called Kenobi? It should. Do we agree on that? Just just call it Kenobi. So Obi Wan. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? Oh, I am Bob. I'm Nolan. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, we are jumping back into our Mandalorian rewatch, um, where uh, we provide commentary over whatever is on our mind as we uh, sync up and watch the uh, the episode together. So, in theory, you are watching it with us. Sort of. Sort of. Uh, where we sync it up and, and we hit play at the same time. So it's kind of like the, what was that called? Mystery Science Theater. You know, where you can just have a commentary for a B movie. You know, that type of thing. Or some maybe C-level movie. Oof. Oof. You ever seen one of those before? I have. You enjoy them? No. No. It, it's kind of an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. silliness um but anyway so we're, we're getting ready to uh, we are starting the second season so we've already have and we do two episodes at a time so if you are watching along you know and you have time just cue it up and hit play if you're if you know it show well enough that you can just listen to us in your car whatever you don't have to cue it up and hopefully at this point there's clearly going to be spoilers talked about spoilers connections to boba fett especially with Cobb vanth here um, so it's, I think, very vital to, uh, to know what's going on and make it more pleasurable. But if you want to just listen to us, um, I guess that's totally your prerogative. I don't know what that means. Prerogative? Bobby Brown. It's my prerogative. Yeah, what's that mean? It, uh, it, it's your prerogative. It's your choice. Okay. We're all about choices. You need to have one. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay, stop, stop uh, talking so, is my choice. Uh, we have the, the Disney app queued up to season two, episode one, which is the Marshall. Um, and so we are going to count down and on the count, was it three? Yeah, it's on go. It's on go. So we have to count down. So uh, if you can either pause us until you get your Disney icon up um, and Beautiful we have a blue, blue screen ready to go and ready. Three, two, two one. one. Go. And it's starting. We're going to watch the recap. The recap of, since it, it's, it's been a while for us, and, and if you're following along with us uh, and only rewatching them with us, then it's probably been a while for you as well. Okay, now, if I remember right, you're doing the. What sort of checklists are you keeping track of? Oh, right, 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 right. You have like your little bingo sheet type thing. I of, uh, do have a bingo sheet. Can you remind us what the things were you were looking up? I have what gunshot you... dings on his armor. So he has to get Specifically hit. Specifically gunshots. Okay. Dank Ferrix. Dank Ferrix. And this is the way. This is the way. Of which is at 13. Uh, and we can't use, we can't recount them from the. No, 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 no. Yeah. But what do you mean recount? Uh, in the recaps, we can't count. The oh no, 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 no! That's cheating. Giancarlo Esposito is a fantastic casting choice. Esposito. Mm-hmm. 
Do you remember watching this the first time? No. Not, not really. I remember rewatching it. Rewatching it. Uh, it. This premiered on October 30th, 2020. So about a year and Whoa. coming up on two years. So a year and a half ago. Um, I just distinctly remember not knowing what, what to expect. But after it, I just remember being blown away that I think at the point this was my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Now there were a few that still is past, but this is a definitely a top flight episode for me. Yeah, we're gonna be rewatching the best episode and the worst episode, all in one, oh, all in one, one rewatch. <laughs> I totally forgot what's coming up next. Now, to be fair, the it does set up stuff. This yes. one is so good, you really can't keep escalating greatness, especially when it's your premiere. You gotta take a you gotta take your foot off the gas a little bit. I don't think they should have taken an entire episode to take the foot off the gas. Just because it was such a high yeah. of a first Because all they did was just introduce a character to get their way to a planet to continue the series. Which there was important stuff. Yeah, yeah. Coming out of the darkness. Love it. Something about his walk, man. Not walkman. Walk man. This isn't the eighties, no. But uh, he's just got a swagger that, and that cape helps. But I, I really enjoyed because you can, yes, they're in the volume, but you can tell when you know there's certain things that are are static sets that they actually build, and it just looks so much more real than if it was all just green screen, you know, like the prequel trilogy was those. Pretty much everything was green screen. But here, there it looks authentic. C-3PO. Yeah, it looks like a little protocol graffiti. I think normal people would probably not feel so comfortable just strutting down this dark street. And we've talked before, and we will continue to talk, that for protector of Grogu, or Baby Yoda at this point, he's not the best babysitter. No. It seems like he's always throwing him. I mean, it's just he goes where I go. So. He goes where I go, but don't you think you should figure that out a way to take care of him a little bit better? Now, this is cool, because this is the first time we've seen Gamorreans truly like fight with some sort of speed and not be just crazy large like you know the the pork belly that they are in Jabba's <laughs> world so this is Gore Koresh do you remember who John Leguizamo? Yeah, good boy. You're welcome. John Leguizamo. You can't even like tell it's him, really, because they grabbed him up a bit. This guy moves kind of like a puppet. The Gore Koresh? Mm-hmm. I, 
just like in the Star Wars Cantina in A New Hope. Looks kind of wacky. You just see a lot of new species for the first time. You know, and, and whoever their creative people are to have a very, looks like liberable, liberable, liberal um, freedom to, to create and not just keep recycling the same handfuls over and over. Uh-oh. Okay, that caused some people to lose bets. Oh, yeah. Shoot one of the competitors. Except the people who bet on one getting shot. <laughs> What's the over-under? <laughs> 0.5? Both of them. Yeah. Alright, so I think this is a moment from the trailer. When they were teasing this the very first time, where they show... Baby Yoda hiding. Great line. <laughs> he knows what's up. Awesome. And remember, they have to be gunshot dings. Oh, because there would there would be a lot up. of things. That would have crushed that guy's hand twice. Wow. Boom. Sound design in this episode alone is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll do our best to talk as we think of things. This we got to get back. We got to get back into our. Well, this this routine. this is just like watching it for the first time. You know, because you, you want to keep watching. You want to just keep watching. We just get stuck, and that's why I think if somebody's driving, listening to us, and we're not talking. Yeah, not, might as well not. turn it off. I think it would be much better because then you would just get stuck watching it. Pause it and Moss Pelgo. Especially when things start getting so good, you just want to just watch. That's a good, good, good Shh, problem to have. Talking. Focus on the story. Now, John Leguizamo and John Favreau are friends. Can you remember what movie they starred in? Chef. Chef. Very good. So since he has John Leguizamo, do you think Vince Vaughn's ever going to show up? No. No? Is Chris O'Dowd going to show up? Well, hold on. Vince Vaughn is really good friends with John Favreau. Well, maybe. Swingers days. Chris O'Dowd could show up. They were swingers? That, that was uh, John Favreau's first hit. Oh. Swingers. In the same way Kevin Smith had clerks, oh. Swingers was like 95, 96. And Favreau wrote that and starred in it. Ah, the brass. Yeah, the music of Mandalorian was just, is just wonderful. And there's Pelly.
kind of forget about the Razor Crest flying around with, uh, you know, Boba Fett and the Slave One. You know, we kind of got used to that ship. And now it's the Phantom Menace Naboo fighter. Oh, a little Naboo fighter. Which, there's something interesting. When we see uh, Cop Vance driving his little speeder, mm-hmm. it looks like he has one of those uh, pod racing or Naboo type <laughs> things on it. So when he mentions it in the Boba Fett, hey, is that a Naboo Starfighter? He knows what he's talking about. She is somebody that we talked about before. Really grew on me. Comedian. What's that? Comedian. Yeah, Amy Sedaris. She, uh, she's pretty funny. A good character. But it just, it was such a unique character to add to this universe. That uh, and there's always been comedy in the movies. You know, I mean, that's the droids in the first movie. You know, Han and Chewie. There's their little back and forth sometimes to provide the comic relief. Witty banter. But she, uh, she definitely did grow on me over the course of her episodes. Now, there are a set of trilogies that came out Pretty soon after Disney bought, you know, and, and took all their novels and made them non-canon, called them legends, called the, hey, there's R5-D4, otherwise known as, not everybody knows it's listening. Skippy the Jedi Skippy droid. Skippy the Jedi droid. But uh, it was called, uh, like, the Aftermath Trilogy, which is uh, setting up Force Awakens. So they came out either right before it or around the time Force Awakens did. And Cobb Vance was a character in there. Ooh. And it talked about Freetown. And his and I read those when they came out. And then when we watched this, I did not make the connection that I've known Cobb Vance before. Maybe I, those novels didn't stick too, too well with me. But I do remember towards, I think it was the, the climax of the third book, spoiler, uh, there's a big battle above Jakku. And so the... You know, those big ships that crash into Jakku, um, you know, it's uh, it kind of sets up that for Ray and everybody else on Jakku. Some of that sign language. The sign language from the Oscar winning uh, Best Supporting Actor from CODA. Some people listening to this don't know who you're talking about. The movie Coda. Coda won best uh, best picture at this year's Academy Awards, and the father of the girl. The it's a family of deaf. Uh, was it mother, father, and older son are all deaf, but there's a young daughter who uh, is she can hear, and you're the one who told me what Coda means. You remember? Child of deaf adults. Right. I had no idea. I just thought it was a music term. Well, because music is heavily based in this movie. Um, But the dad was Troy Kutzer, K-O-T-S-U-R. And in last season, Amando, he was the first Tuscan we see. 
doing sign language and they brought him on board. This was a couple years ago, obviously, before he won his Oscar, but he helped develop the Tuscan sign language. And I didn't know that until after he won his Oscar. All right, so this is the first time we see this uh, this town, Mos Pelgo, which will be later designated in Boba Fett as Freetown. Literally, though, I mean, the Western is here. He just came oh, riding yeah. in on his horse. Everybody looks at the new person. Walk up to the saloon. He's just cruising in on his hog right here. Little speeder bike. Oh, the Weequay bartender. He got a name in the Boba Fett, but I can't remember his name. Now, this Weequay, the only thing that I'd seen him in before was in the TV show Deadwood on HBO. He was uh, with Timothy Oliphant. The Timothy Oliphant is also he's the sheriff in that. And so seeing these two guys together, knowing that they were from that was pretty awesome. All right. What were your first thoughts about seeing this guy walk in? Cool. Yeah. He's wearing Boba stuff. It doesn't fit very well, though. Oh, look how thin he is. Very And Timothy Oliphant is in great shape. But it looks like he's putting on kid armor. Mm. Spotchka. I should have kept a tally for how many Spotchka references. There you go. Now, we don't know who Cobb Vanth is, and this is clearly Boba's stuff, but we know Star Wars well enough to know that that's not Boba's voice. Because we don't know Timothy Oliphant. I didn't know until he took his helmet off, and then I instantly think Deadwood or Justified. And here was the first reveal. I'm like, ah, Timothy Oliphant. The best hair on Tatooine. Galaxy. Oh, the galaxy. You're going to go that far. Yeah. Hmm. yeah he's, he's a good, good cameo for the season. What do you think the Spotchka is really? Gatorade. Oh. Do you think they have to do any... It's probably special? just color dye. You think they have to do anything special to make it extra bluish? Probably. Just color. On water. On water. Or like blue milk is just blue with... It's just milk with blue colored dye. Yeah. Oh. Two alphas. Mando's gonna throw down just for the armor, just for the the, the honor. honor of everything. Shows you where his head is, where his beliefs are. And see, if I were the bartender, I wouldn't be standing directly behind. No, because he could miss. Right? I mean, they never miss. Uh-oh. Earthquake. Oh. 
love this. Just a minute. <laughs> what a good look. Uh, pause this because I need to go check something. Put a pin in it. I just remember being blown away by the episode. You got to see Tuskins. You're going to see Dewbacks. You saw Banthas. And then this, I don't know what it, it looks like a dust storm coming in just off the horizon. But the ground's quick, definitely shaking. Okay, Bantha, close up. Closest up you've ever seen. Kind of an awkward close up. It was. Got real snotty there. Yeah. And still, we don't know what's coming. A stampede? And then we hear it. Yeah, you hear the sound of what Obi-Wan Kenobi makes to scare off the Tuscans to save Luke the very first time. And you're like, oh my god, it's a crate dragon, which we've never seen. Look how close he comes. Looks kind of small now. He just fits nicely in that street. Does he have any idea where he's at? Because he could easily have taken up either side. Maybe like echolocation. You know what? I bet you're exactly right. Or smell. Awesome. Just like Jaws. Big mouthful of sand. Yeah. Well, it's got to be processing through the sand somewhere. Maybe that's what the pearl is for. Pearl. Yeah. To crush up sand. There you go. Something. I don't know. So that was awesome. I remember being very excited at that moment because the only other crate dragon we ever saw. That little bony skeleton. Was the bony skeleton, which is very tiny. But still pretty scary big, you know. We could whatever. say it's an adolescent. Sure, sure. Um, that, you know, the first time we see uh, uh, 3PO waving down the Jawa transport before he gets captured. So now we know this Cobb Banff is not a bad guy. Just protecting the people. He's a marshal. He's, yep. And the backstory of how he got it and everything is honorable. Pick a location. Mm -hmm. Now he tells his backstory while they're on very loud speeder bikes. Yeah, it doesn't seem the best place for no. to understand it. But yeah, it does look like Sebulba's thing. Yeah. Oh, his are the big ones, aren't they? The. But it looks like just one little itty-bitty something. Flashback. Now this is where the book talks about the mining guilds and the stuff that happens. So was Cobb Vanth mentioned in the book before this came out? Yeah, he was in those books, and the books were 2014, 15, around that time. So they stole him. Well, they used a pre-existing character, but yeah. And that's why a lot of fans were happy when they actually referred to it as Freetown later, because that was from the book, I guess. Uh, but Crate Dragons we never really saw, except for maybe graphic novels 
of uh, Tuscans. Um, you know, there was a Jedi who was Tuscan. There was a story there, and then they would have to go Tuscan and get a, a pearl from a killer a crate dragon in order to be a man or whatever. That was their rite of passage. But um, it never, ever looked anything as monstrous and awesome as this one does. Camtono. Almost too big in a way, you know? I don't know if you know it know or not, but we did get a email question I did pertaining know to this episode. I did that. Um, I we, should we talk about it during? I think, but no, we'll kind of wait till the end. We'll do it at the end. Oh, we can do that while it's ra wrapping up, or like a mid segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that since this person was very nice to send one in. Uh, a couple weeks ago, but we just hadn't recorded since then. So inside of a sand crawler is always cool because you don't see that uh, too much. But uh, when you do, it's a nice throwback to when we see R2 and 3PO reunite. And Cobb has been saved. And he sees the, the Boba Fett gear. And then we're instantly thinking, what happened to... How did they get Boba Fett's gear? Um... So we have to wait until yeah. the Boba Fett show, and they hit it right at the beginning. Uh-oh. Nice little head tilt to the bartender. Get out of here. And goodbye. Boy, it's not even a fair fight. Oh, nope. It has to be on Mando. Okay. But he doesn't have much. You're, he does not have much protection. Look at that. No. Pretty much. His he gets shot anywhere. He's all like, this good. armor protects our town. Oh, he does the Boba Fett strut. He's going to have a Boba Fett head tilt and then bend over. Oh, yes. <laughs> Such an unflattering, if you think about it, just bending over just at the bend waist. Bend over and shoot. Yep. Now, that's the classic Iron Man shot from the very first Iron Man. Uh -huh. He shoots his little walks away, and he walks away for the hero thing. Boba does that, you know, in a, at the end of the season. And now he has another rocket. Where do you find yes. those rockets? You don't. Are they see made specifically for jetpacks. Court. They'd have to be right. Because Mando has one. Unless there's some little like mortar or something. Okay. Now this is really interesting. The more, the further you get into this series, but also knowing what we do with Boba Fett, this is the very first time that on screen that the Tuscans are truly given their their moment in the sun in a way they're always in the sun it's tattooing because you know they're they're 
you know, potential uh, scavengers and potentially killing Luke um, all the way to taking Anakin's mom and keeping her captive. Now, would she eventually have been indoctrinated into them? Were they going to kill her? Who knows? But we have these uh, pets, dogs, what do we call them? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Of uh, of the Tuscans. But we finally get to see them. And this is just soak it in for those that have a history of wanting to know more about them. Because this is the first moment you find out about their culture to some degree. But the struggle and resentment and hatred between humans and Tuscans. But yet they can overcome that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh, no mantra. Thank goodness uh, Mando's there to help with the sign language. Right? Right. He's even got the guttural sounds. Gaffy thing. <laughs> oh, that's what they're used for. They're dental floss or toothbrushes. I doubt it. Bantha toothbrushes. So a lot of the sign language and stuff here, the communication. You're going to see the disagreements of culture and rudeness and how Mando is definitely more wizened even if he isn't living amongst them. The Mastiff licking its lips for a baby. <laughs> kind of like how he does for the egg. Oh, the black melons. So they already existed. Okay, well, I didn't... I don't remember this when, when we saw it on... And we talked such a big deal about it with yeah. Boba. Remember we came up with the idea that they plant them or harvest yeah. them when they need them? <laughs> it's milk I think Cobb would be a little bit more schooled but if you're have you been killing each other and stuff it'd be very challenging monsters After this episode, I wonder how the coexisting of them go between the two cultures. Better off, just stay away from each other. I think they just stay away. Well, we don't hear anything about it. Oh, notice the Banthas are uh, walking in a single line <sighs> to hide their numbers, perhaps. Wouldn't they all overlap, though? Or, like, there would be multiple different step trails. Yeah. You could have a big old track, but maybe it's only three or four. And then if they have enough of the hair to wish swish it around as it sweeps over it. 
maybe. All right, now this is a sarlacc pit, an old abandoned sarlacc pit that's um, horizontal. Is it like it comes out of the side, or is that where like it burrowed in or something, and that's then it all of came out the top? But and everything would have been back in in that hole. Oh, and so its head would have been there waiting for things to to come by. Oh, it is. There he said, sorry. I thought it was that. There is if you eat the sarlacc. <laughs> I would think these banthas would be so valuable. Oh, yeah. Well, as we see, you know, eventually they're like big harvesters. You know, it's their big, uh, like, combines out in a farm field. Mm -hmm. Not just their transportation. This is the ultimate, like, just run sideways. Right? Any movie where somebody's just shooting or running in a straight line, it's like, just I guess skyscrapers falling, just right? walk over. So to get the sheer size of this. Alright, so that ceiling is over 100 feet easily, probably. And it went past the Bantha. Because what? The vibrations? The running? I think it just went after the guy. It doesn't like Banthas anymore. <laughs> they might be open to fresh ideas. <laughs> oh. Lucky Bantha. No, but, uh, you know, based on it being... Um, much like Deadwood, you know, if this were like uh, Native Americans, the Indians versus, you know, the human settlers, but yet they have to come together to take out this thing that's killing both of them. You know, the, the what we've seen in movies and in literature, the hatred for two cultures, it just, it just humanizes them so much from very, very little screen time. And they were just demonized, you know, for decades in Star Wars lore. Just attacking them. Yeah. And they're, well, they're monsters. Or even in the pod race, they're just shooting yeah. at the pod and they're racers. they're just shooting. And Anakin slaughters them like animals, right? Uh -huh. and so I killed them. So anyway, I don't, have to, I don't have to keep beating the dead horse there, but that was, I just really enjoy that aspect of this episode a lot. All right, so we need more people to draw it out. Yes. And so we're off on a recruiting mission. To Freetown. Hey, there's no chit-chatting this time. They were just falling. Why? Is there, like, a difference in speed? Why wouldn't you always just go full throttle? Full throttle. Even if it drains power, like, whatever. No idea. Ooh, the town's going to have a meeting. Just like what he's getting ready to call in Boba Fett when he gets shot. Call a meeting. Call meeting. <laughs> this one's got a problem. Yep. Well, they just saw how it went after a Tuscan. Instead of Bantha. 
This feels like a Deadwood episode. Yeah. Despite only seeing one episode. Despite the what? Deadwood. It feels like Deadwood? Yeah. 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 Because all they are, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere, and it's just the people of town, and you just got to help each other. How long ago was the, you said last year they attacked us? It's been about a year? Yeah. They're very fortunate this appears to be maybe the only crate dragon. Now on an overall yeah. planet it's probably there's more, but they would almost be mythological, I think. See, it's this presence that makes me want to hope that we have one of those they've hit it a lot in Boba Fett. When it got to the Mando episodes, they talk about the mythosaurs. Uh-huh. If we got to see what a crate dragon looks like. I wish like, we could see a mythosaur. Why not with it? Why why wouldn't they? Because they're extinct. Oh well, Star Wars is all about cloning. You know, I don't know. My only thing is that still they can do a great dragon. Why not a mythosaur? Ooh. Yeah, this would definitely be PTSD for some of these people. And can you imagine if some of these people, like... Like kids die or something. husband died or kid died. Okay, this music is very cute. It's not Mando. I mean, they gave them their own theme music. It's very probably... And I heard it... Kind of sounds like about Aladdin. Lawrence of Arabia, famous desert movie. Um, very orchestrations. You know, beautiful. But, yeah, this is definitely not Mando music. And I would wonder if we hear this, if we go back to Boba Fett, when the Tuscans are moving around. I think what's playing is the quote-unquote Tuscan theme. I think it's beautiful. I want to hear it again. Oh, dropped one. I feel like that was an outtake that they worked into the show. <laughs> it's just like, whoops. <laughs> it's an accident. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Single file. Yeah. Like how they just walk around the dunes nice and slow. And until we get into the Boba Fett episodes of his TV show, A Book of Boba, um, this is the most culture and existence that you get to see from this this whole race of of Star Wars characters that have been around since the first movie. Gosh, what? Fifteen minutes in the movie? Twenty minutes in the original? Forty-five years ago? I think one of the first aliens. Yeah. Or, I don't know if they're really aliens. Them and Jawas, right? Because uh, aren't they like humans, but they just have to wear the stuff? Tuskins? Yeah. Yes. They uh, they use their bandages and stuff to protect them from the sun, to keep their moisture inside. You know, this is nerd alerting, but uh, that's why they are all covered. Nerd. 
Now, they aren't necessarily humans like talking humans like uh, that would at Moss Pelgo. Well, yeah. You know, they would be evolved in their way. Humanoid, at least. Yes. Maybe different colors. Different, maybe they have things on their faces or but definitely bipedal. Clearly. You can hear it breathing. Just like smog. Yeah. In the misty mountain. <laughs> Still did not want to take a sip of that. <laughs> Okay, now, when we see in the Boba Fett show, when the Marshal shows back, Cobb Van shows back, he has a young woman next to him, kind of a, a lackey. She gets a name in the whole defense of Mos Eisley because it, it's the weak way and the girl, and she goes up with the gun to, to take out and start shooting at Droidicas and another The mod? Thing. It's not a mod. There is a one, one type of oh, people. And I'm like, I don't remember. Here. Yes. The lady who's like, you just, it's all that's said. that's her right there. Yeah, that's her. And she has one line. And I'm like, that would. I remember I watching it for the first time. It. Like, that would be great for the Screen Actors Guild yeah. to get your line in. For this one right here to get a picture. Careful, Marshall. And just careful, Marshall. But you got your line, your credit. Maybe then you're in the show. So that, I think, is the, the character. Joe. Joe, I guess. Not a vital role, but... Detonator. Alright, so what do they got about, what, five, six harpoons? They must have saw Game of Thrones when they tried to take out one of Daenerys' dragons. They had a big, massive crossbow like that. These guys are brave. Come on, do the classic yell. <laughs> you know, as actors, <laughs> they had to. all they're doing is just putting their hands up and kind of moving around. And then they just hit the soundboard and yep. it goes. Couldn't they have just like shot down the hole? Yeah. That thing wakes up quick. Yeah. Now, as awesome as this is, this is not very original. A giant worm or monster coming out of the sand. Ooh. You know, the old sandworms of Dune or... They switched into full screen. For oh, this. you're right, Nolan. They got rid of the margins on the top and bottom. Okay, so the top, what was that, 16-9 <laughs> uh, ratio or something uh, like yeah, that forever? Something like that. And then all of a sudden for this attack, it's gone full screen. So it's definitely like 4K. They know what they're doing. It's just beautiful. But the whole sand monster, sand worm is, isn't new. But uh, the crate dragon aspect is pretty clever. Um, let go. They're not very bright. Dankferic. 
Did you notice that Mando put that binoc the the telescope in front of an actual eye, or did he just put it in the middle of his T visor? Does he actually? Was there to... an actual like binocular? I thought he just used his. It helmet. was like a telescope type thing. Oh, it might have been a scope on his gun. Oh. Yeah, is he putting it over his eye, or is I he think just it's throwing it up eye. to his T? Yeah, so they're just harpooning a big whale. It's not original, but it's still cool. No, it's how else are, the, are these this these this primitive culture gonna you know do it? They don't have these machines or anything, and it's wow, wow. so cool. Ugh. Oh, God. Never knew that. I forgot about that. Okay, so very much like uh, the xenomorphs in Alien, you know, with their acid spit or vomit, whatever you want to call it. All right, well, you just blew up your load of dynamite. And it sinks into the water. We're saying. Well, at least they're not ripping off jaws where they throw yeah. some compressed air canister into its teeth and then shoot it with a gun. <laughs> it blows up. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Well, no. All right, so it must have gone really deep, right? No. How did it get up into the mountain? Unbelievable. Ugh. So is that just like puke? Yeah. Well, so that, you know, um, dragons spit fire, right? This one just. You. What do you call it? Not volcanic, <clears throat> but uh, acid. All right, here we go. Two jetpacks. Not sure what you'll be able to do other than distract it. So Cobb Banff has gotten some uh, practice. training. Yeah. Go for the eye. Got close there to it. So is it too big for his disintegrator to work? I don't know what the cutoff is. Or <laughs> if there is a cutoff. Well, we know Jawas and uh, people work. Is it like a mass thing? I don't know. You would think it would be something... Chemistry is the wrong word, but physics of it that... If it's matter, it would disintegrate. Man, he just torched his own mountain. So it goes through rocks then as well as sand. And now it's coming behind him. It's like a shark. Mm-hmm. I just... Still am blown away by it, but that first time watching this, I think my mouth was hanging open. Like, I can't... This is just too... It was such a big scale thing for the TV show, right? This is something that would have been big for a movie. I remember watching this the first time and I was like, man, I hope every episode is this. Because right? I was going into it like, oh man, I hope they don't screw up the second season. Uh, it's like, whoa. Yeah, and it was just unreal. The magnitude, you couldn't have gotten much bigger. 
And that why that's why, and we'll talk about it next episode, there was a bit of a downfall, you know, disappointing. Oh. Well, Boba's jetpack has been known to kind of take a misfire. Yeah. So there's a little Han Easter egg there. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. All right, so we're taking the... Oh, yeah. All right, so he took the Bantha and... God, I can imagine it in there. The horrors that he had to have seen. All for what? Armor. That is it? He doesn't owe these people anything? I mean, he probably would have still stayed and helped like he did with the... Yeah. Now, Spotchka farmers. Krill farming. Krill makes Spotchka. Hmm. Okay, so he uses electricity to get out. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow, look at that shot. It's like the seismic charge with the yeah. Sarlacc. Now, if, if you are just listening to us, you, you really should go back and just watch the episode. If not the episode, just the Kray Dragon stuff. Because it is on such a big scale. There's no way for us to even describe it how awesomely large it was watch it fade back to widescreen the celebration pumping their fists over there do we see any free people humans and tuscans high-fiving or are they just awkward extras yeah cob man's hair just blowing in the wind yeah that skeleton is not even toast remotely close to the, what we saw in the bleach bones next to C-3PO and A New Hope. So now they're just harvesting, just like, you know, the Native Americans with buffalo or deer, you know, every piece that can be used is going to be used. And when they don't have, you know, stores around, they, they make do with everything. So he gets his big hunk of meat. So I guess they do have to eat. Well, we never see them. Well, no, like... Mando, or like oh, anybody Mando, in Star yeah. Wars, because it's never a concern. You're right, I but they always mean. mention it, like with like the in the Krill Farmer episode, they give him a yeah. plate of food and he eats it in front of the kids for some reason. Summer, like, have we ever seen people? But now he has meat. Like, yeah. does he regularly go to like Kroger? <laughs> yes, I think Kroger would be the the space prime Kroger. Kroger. Space Kroger. Look at the size of that pearl. <laughs> well, just like clams and pearl, you know, taking grains of sand over time and. So that right there was an Easter egg back to any of the previous canon, but turned into legend uh, stories of the taking out crate dragons. Beautiful into the sunset, and then John Favreau has given us one other big Easter egg. Awesome twin sunsets, and Boba Fett. He doesn't have his eyebrows yet. But... And mind you, this is still uh, two months away from the finale. You know, when we find out that there's going to be a Boba Fett show. And it is... That was great. What a fantastic Beautiful. episode. Still gorgeous. 
Cobb Vamp, Timothy Oliphant was wonderful. Favorite part? Great Dragon. Great Dragon, Kray obviously. Great Dragon. Dragon. Uh, again, some of the beautiful artwork. Very much, um, you know, the the production stills. A lot of them feel like the old Ralph McQuarrie type stuff um, used to help um, George sell his idea to studios or attempt to get uh, people to see his vision of what's in his head. And so he hired Ralph McQuarrie, an, an, an older um, you know, artist, and he put his visuals on. Uh, and a lot of the characters turned out to ultimately be what he drew from his imagination. Okay, so now we're just going to, uh, th this is just playing out, playing out. Um, we're going to just uh, pause and stop, and we're going to get queued up for the second episode. So if you want to keep we're gonna scrolling, stall for that's you. fine. Um, but we're getting ours queued up for Chapter 10. But while we're doing that, if you want to keep listening uh, to your music, if you're watching along, it's fine. Um, but we do have a question and answer uh, that was sent in a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, we haven't recorded um, uh, a Mando rewatch since then, so we saved it in uh, until now. So we're going to put a kind of a intermission-type Q&A, one question. And then uh, we'll get jump into the the second and last episode of this uh, podcast. So Nolan, okay. Uh, this is from Sarah, uh, who said that they just rewatched, started rewatching season two of The Mandalorian. This time, there are a few things that bug me about the plan to kill the crate dragon. First, why wasn't the original plan to have it eat an explosive laden bantha? The plan of luring it out and pulling it onto a bed of explosives is way more complicated and endangers more people. Seems unnecessarily foolish. Are we supposed to believe that no one had ever had the idea before? The Tuscans had observed the dragon for thousands of years, knew how to lure it out, and knew that its belly was the weak spot to attack, but they never thought to blow it up from the inside. Uh, seems obvious, and a little bugged that Mando had to be swallowed. Mm -hmm. Made for a more exciting scene, but I guess you could argue that it was attacking from above, so jetpacking away wasn't possible. And he had to keep the bantha from running. Still felt a little forced. Mm. I agree. It did seem a little bit forced, but I think the original plan wasn't bantha-related, seeing as they saw that it didn't eat the bantha anymore, so they thought it was just attracted to like the people. So they might as well just taunt it with all the people and then blow up the belly from the outside. Because I think if you go in, you're kind of going to die. And, like, they are already are di they okay. are going to die, unless you're the Mandalorian. But it just seems like a sacrifice. But they, they can't really do that because it wouldn't go for the Bantha. No. Like, I don't even know why it went for the Bantha with the explosives. Besides... Um... Mando standing next to it. Yeah, maybe he was going mostly for Mando. Um, I, I would say think about it. It seemed like the Tuscans were the ones to come up with the plan, right? They were the ones with the, the diorama on the ground or the model, you know, and we got to think that there are I don't want to diminish them by saying that they're a primitive culture, um, but they are more uh, sticks and stones. They are the Ewoks you know, in a way of their primitive weaponry. Um, I don't think they have explosives. Yes, they have guns, so I guess that's a, a small explosion in a gun canister. Yeah. But, um, so for them, just sheer hitting it with big harpoons, um, maybe they thought that was enough. 
Um, now, so I, I don't know if the Tuscans would ever have thought to blow it up from inside, um, but they did have the idea for the Bantha to be bait to get it out. So, yeah, why wouldn't you just strap some stuff onto it right off the start? That might have been one of the things that the humans, um, more, you know, um, explosive-minded individuals, would have been somebody to, to come up with that. And it, it does seem kind of almost pandering in a way that Mando has to be the one to, you know what, I'm going to take care of it, and I need I to I think that's it. what the forced part about it was, though, that it has to be the main character to do it. Yeah. Like, make the marshal do it that would have been better i i like that it was in yeah the marshal could have done that been pretty heroic like it would have been a moment of like weakness or whatever if for him to blow mando's jetpack and it'd be that and then he goes and does it oh so you mean if the roles were reversed yeah and and yeah and i think we are all meant to like timothy oliphant a lot um some more than others and i'm definitely one of the big supporters of his I would have liked him more if he did that to him and then still gave the armor away. Like, still. like a man of true honor. Yeah, like, you know what, stranger, Mando? I don't want you to die for this. I'm going to, you know, I'm mm -hmm. pushing you off the boat so you don't have to worry about this. You know, I'm going to set your jetpack aflight. Yeah, if it could have. But remember, it's Boba Fett's jetpack that is faulty, you know, that has that little tap and he goes flying into the side of Jabba's sail barge. And so here he just taps and goes flying. Maybe Mando knows the magic spot to touch. Um, the bounty but, hunters back then were uh, useless. You said, what was the name of this person? Is it Sarah? Sarah, thank you so much for for writing. And we do have two great questions. Um, I do think that um, in a way of threes, you know, they try with the harpoon to lure it out and fight it. That doesn't work. They eventually get it back out, and it yes, it gets underneath uh, the you know, it gets over the explosive. So they got to try their their money shot. And it seemed to work, but then, oh, no, it didn't. And now it comes and back. They can bring out the cool thing. You know, really the... spitting its acid and all is lost. Well, why don't we just have him eat it? Maybe, I don't want to say he's probably swearing off Banthas anymore, but, well, Mando really was upsetting him, shooting him with it, and maybe it was just focused on hitting Mando. Uh -huh. And... Just the fact that he got the Bantha in his bite with him was just extra. But it is a little extra. Um, Sarah, to be honest, it doesn't bug me at all. It's not going to be a big plot hole or anything like that. Um, I guess, think about how amazing that scene was. Let's just say it was eight minutes. Okay, I don't know. It felt longer. Okay, like, so it would, it would have been fine. Whatever. Whatever it is, okay, that if they... <laughs> lured it out and gave it the bantha and blew it up in 30 seconds it would have been really that would have sucked uh, yeah you know good, good word usage it would have sucked. It, it would have sucked fantastic i agree um so it was so epic big but i can totally see uh, i'm a very critical person too at times and i'd be like why didn't they just do that in the first place? i mean it's a season premiere they it gotta go premiere. big or go home but i think they wanted to build the story build the story and uh and the climactic moment so um so Plot analysis, develop the climax even higher and greater, and <laughs> let it last longer. And <laughs> sorry, drag it out to an hour episode. Yep, and then uh, yeah. So I believe that's what I what I think of it. So, any last things to say about that that question? Good question. Great question. Thank you so much to Sarah and all of our other fans who have sent stuff in over keep the, sending questions over the weeks. 
Um, keep sending them in during this. Uh, you know, they can be about the episodes. They can be the ones we've watched uh, coming up. Or you can be talking about our, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff. And if we get a ton of Kenobi questions, maybe we just do a podcast of us talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, um, what everybody's at wondering about. So uh, please feel free to... Um, might as well hit them up with our social media stuff now. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter at Mallrats Podcast, or uh, Gmail. It's a mod, uh, not modcast. Mallrats Pod, M A U L Rats Pod at gmail.com. So that's any of our future Q and A. Have um, you been listening to too much Kevin Smith podcast? Why would I say that? I don't know. I'm not saying that. It's like you've memorized his Gmail. No. Oh. No, I just, there's Smod Castle, Smod. Well, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. I was getting close. So, anyways, uh, you good to go? Ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay, so we are all queued up for the last episode of this particular podcast. This is the second episode of season two. Overall, they consider it to be chapter 10 of the story. So, season two, episode two, and the uh, passenger. So, on the count of three. No, on the count of go. On the count of go. Three, three two, two, one, go. Yeah, I'm glad we don't do one, two, three, go. That felt weird. It did. We only did it once, right? Oh, there's Zero the droid. Some flashbacks. Okay, that is important that we see that. Yeah. So as we get rehashed to what just happened previously, we don't need to talk, recount it, but um, I just, again, if people are listening to this, and experiencing like I remember when I watched it in the first time and then second time. This is I was so over I was just ready for this second episode because <laughs> that first one was just like, oh my god, I think I watched it twice that first night. Um it was just, you know the, oh. the crate track. And so when this one came out, it was it was a downer. But as you will see, there are some really cool things that do happen. And there's a payoff, too. And there's a huge payoff, especially with the next season. Or excuse me, the next episode three. Some vital information's there. But um, it was just, uh, you couldn't top. Look at the hero pose. A little bit of a drift there. A little bit. It's kind of an interesting intro. That's why that? I don't know. They just put it on just for this show, and then they put it on everything else. You mean all like, that laser? Yeah, and, just put like the Lucasfilm thing, and then, and then go into enough. the show. Yeah, they want to put their stamp on it. All right, so he's clearly strong Tatooine. We had the twin sons, so it picks up immediately where it left off. Okay, this is not looking good. So he clearly got his Boba Fett gear. Punch it. I do believe I forgot about this part. They're setting a trap for Mando. But they knew right where he was coming. How not dead. 
How not dead? Full speed motorcycles, sudden stop, you'd be dead. Oh, Especially there's, there's a ding. Two. There's two. Keep counting. I'll help you. Boom. Shot the little guy. And his leg. So are we meant to believe that they're still chasing Baby Yoda? Yes. So the fob is still active? I guess. Because they ended Grief Karga and everything. Those look like one of the scavengers that uh, Ray has to deal with on Jakku. Like Kyoto or something? Um, the guy on the... The robotic like, yeah. four, four leg thing that picks up BB-8? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Looks just like that. From what I remember. I love it. Just like magnetic disconnection. That'd be awesome. So easy. Look how tiny and but yet powerful. Now, do you uh, blame Mando for doing what he's going to do here in a second? No. You put a knife to his kid or my kid. He was threatening throat. to hurt Baby Yoda. You know what I mean? This thing. Uh, <laughs> this is just funny. You're not going to let him go. This is great. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and watch. See his head? Both he eyes let... and the head are just watching it fall. He could have let go. Oh. Literal shrug. That was awesome. Death side, dark side, baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. They both look. And he's like, "What?" Oh well. Fantastic intro. See, okay, for for a bagging on this episode as much as we have. Yes, the beginning part. That was a fantastic opening before the title. The passenger. My gosh, it looks like he's doing CrossFit. Where's the gym? He really had that much stuff bundled on him. No. He just had um, the meat and the armor. Yeah, it doesn't look like, well, maybe he did bring the meat. I don't know. Not that I grew up in a desert, but I was raised to believe that, you know, when you're watching the movies and stuff, you're in the desert, you're pretty much are holed up yeah in the shade if there is any and then you like walk at night and that's what you're supposed to do is you right. walk at night and this guy full armor i'm just gonna be sweating right where to go right into the cantina no and you didn't say anything oh uh maybe need a water hey pelly oh, the bug guy Okay, Dr. Now this, Mandible. Now, I read that this was directed by Peyton Reed, who was the director of Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, for the Marvel movies, Ant-Man. And so, so is this a reference? he directed this episode, and so you have a giant ant here with Pelly. And, yep, Peyton Reed directed this one. All their plans to buck. 
He also, Peyton Reed, is going to direct the finale of this, The Rescue. Ooh. So, this, I'm sorry, I wasn't saying, is this Sabak or is this just some other game? This is Sabak. Is this Sabak? Okay. Oh, yeah, the cards. Idiots are right. Dr. Mandible is the name of the uh-huh. big ant. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Boy, they're roasting it all at once. Like that would take forever. Pound, Thirty pound slab. The inside would have to be. Do you think that'd be very heat efficient? Using one of their engines no. to blast. You'd be using jet fuel. That would like Exhaust lighter fumes. fluid has weird fumes on it. Right. Gotta get some charcoal or you know coals and then go in and just set it over. All right, so we still check it out to find more Mandalorians. That's driving them. Uh, yeah. Subway. Uh, All right, it's been a while since I've seen this, so I wonder why just sublight. Because of the eggs, they'll die if um, they go too fast. If they go hyperspace. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Maybe we'll find out. Because I think they tell us. Yeah, you don't experience going any faster. Uh. All right, so she can speak whatever frog language. She can speak frog, and she can speak. Jawa. Jawa, because she dated a Jawa. That's funny. Alright, so affectionately, there's Frog Lady, who is clearly the passenger, which is titled for this episode. And so all of the memes of Baby Yoda... Eating or eggs, etc. It's it's this one, and it really caused some people semi jokingly, but yet semi disturbed by it. Was him knowingly knows that those are the eggs and the he last of their kind, and he he's just popping them in one after another. And he's while hungry. It's, it's cute, it's kind of disturbing and dark. Whatever. When a kid's hungry, he loves the frogs. Hungry. I'll just sit here and be quiet. 
If those are the last of the kind, she probably would have locked it up. Yeah, maybe just thought it was safe. Didn't think that somebody was going to crack open and eat them. Now those things look huge. Mm hmm? They do some great takes with that little guy. I believe you're just leaving her alone up there. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so do you tell her that you ate one? No. Notice. Oh. Better lock that door. Can't even like really stretch out, can he? Oh. Already. The X Wings, the the cops of the sector. And this sets up at the end of Boba Fett. You remember when they uh, pull him over for speeding in his Naboo fighter? Hmm. And also with you. Just flying natural. Uh, I'm still going to use this. <laughs> They're not going to go for it. Love it. Tension. Now what are they saying? Open the uh -oh. folds. What happens when they lock us foils in attack position? A chase. Oh, from the prisoner episode. There's Dave Filoni. Buffin five. There's Blue. I like how they, like, how there's, like, there's Alpha and there's Charlie and Foxtrot and stuff, mm -hmm. and Bravo. Their B is just Bothan. Bothan. 
I love it. He didn't even answer. Were you near a Persian transport, which is what they solely used as MIGs and everybody, and ran? Whoa. You just pray there's no mountains right there. Mmm. <laughs> Wow. Reminds me of the snow planet in Interstellar. Mm, the Matt Damon one? Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. Look at that. All right, these X guys, X-Wings got a lot more screen time than I remember them. That's Dave Filoni and who? Uh, Dave Filoni and then uh, just another actor. But that's the one who talks to Cara Dune. And try yeah. recruiting her and stuff. We see her and him again in a couple episodes. Wow. It's a lot harder to fly that thing than like the Falcon through there, you know? Some little speeder. Gotta get back and check her eggs, because clearly they were not strapped down. Ouch. Now, this is kind of a nerd alert, but that, uh, Big cavern looks a lot like the Rebels episode where Zeb and the Imperial agent, uh, is his name Colas? They get stuck on a nice planet and they have to defend themselves. Yes, that one. And work together. I love They're sworn enemies. Callus? Was that his name? Callus? Yes. Yeah, this is definitely not space-worthy. What do you mean? He said, damn it. I know. No dank ferret? There should have been. Wow. Lazy writing, John Favreau. What do I mean, not space-worthy? Big old hull breach right there? Yeah. Not only are they going to freeze it, it was sarcastic. Here, they can't fly it. So take the one in his hand. Oh. Oh.
Were you surprised with the intelligence that Frog Lady has? Yeah. Shows. We just thought she was just some little passenger stowaway type person. She has some sort of abilities. Oh. Yeah, that little amphibian. Both of them amphibians have to be kind of chilly. Who's the other amphibian? Probably Yoda. Or maybe Yoda. I wouldn't say he's an amphibian. Well, you don't. What do you think he is? Straight up reptile. A mammal. Oh, oh, he's mammal. Yeah. He's got little hairs on him, doesn't he? Yeah. Sure. Fantastic. See, this is great. You get a cameo yeah. of Zero, the droid from the prison episode. Richard Vocabulator. A. Yeah. yeah. Very, very clever. Nice. Yeah, what does it say about his code that he's so gung-ho about it, but yet, eh, I'm going back on my word. I think it depends. Well, it clearly depends. Why do you, you know? But he's so, so much about following a certain line of this is the way and my word and all of this stuff. But he's ready to break it. Why do you think he does that? I don't know. Just is there question. is there an answer here? Or... Just trying to have conversation. I'm trying to watch the episode. I, I can see that. Now, there are some beautiful shots in this, as you'll see even with the artwork later. Um, you know, very... People where I remember online were trying to figure out, oh, are they on Hoth? Are they... I'm like, the fact that they come back to Tatooine so much kind of bugs me a little bit, just because it's so such a big galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't want them to always go back to Hoth in the same spots. I'm just glad they don't tell us. Yeah, I don't think we we need that. I'm kind of surprised that those X-Wings can't do any sort of uh, searching for life. You know, when uh, Luke goes to Dagobah, he's able to have sensors, you know. He can pick up life readings, animals and stuff. So why didn't they do that? Well, maybe since they fell. You know, they landed, and then they just fell through the ice, so maybe the sensors don't go down that far. I don't know. There's only so much you can weld, dude. Do you think his uh, armor provides much warmth? An army, maybe a little bit. An armor of steel, at least like an insulator. Yes, keeps the wind off you, but only it protects you too much. Hopefully it's light, so it doesn't cause too much uh, 
has too much effort to wear. Excuse me. Alright, so every step and every second he's not working on the ship, that means they're there longer. Yeah. And this episode goes on another minute. No, we're not quite done. This one does go by quick, though. Which is no, nice. this is really only like one big battle type thing, right? Yeah. But it was kind of nice restarting it and having that intro scene. And mm-hmm. it helps a little bit. I had a feeling that we weren't going to be as negative about this because I don't know. I'm sure we've watched it at least once since it premiered. Yes. But definitely not more than that. So it is somewhat. I mean, it's not a bad episode. Like, it's not like. I don't. It's not like they're relying on cheap gimmicks. They're not no. doing anything bad. It's like still good cinematography. So what do you, it's what just. What do you think it is? It's kind of just like a dead spot. It's just an episode. Like every episode is somewhat self-contained, mm-hmm. but this is just on a different planet with a different character that ends up not doing anything. I guess the whole point of having an episode in an eight-episode season. Just to bridge episode one to episode three, it feels like a waste. Yeah, instead of maybe just taking half an episode or a segment in an episode to Uh, bridge. So you're more talking about it in the scope of an eight episode thing. That's a big commitment to just get us to this planet. Like in Book of Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. the fifth episode, the end of it was a little bit of Boba Fett, and then the sixth episode was more Mandalorian. And then a little bit more of Boba Fett in a show that's entirely about him. Yeah. Or should be, at least. <laughs> should be. <laughs> it should be. Well, but if it's the book of Boba, you know, they're like you talked about. No, I said it should be about Boba. Right, right but in a book, as you did in one of the Q&As back then, you know, in a book, every chapter doesn't have to be about that main character. It could be about some other. Well, I, I know, but when two of the episodes are just... A little bit of backstory to get you pumped up for season three. And I completely agree with what you're saying. But since those episodes were so magic, I'm not going to complain. No, they were very good episodes. <laughs> but I no, I like what you had to say here with the, uh, um, just in the scope of one eighth of the season being this, that really the only point is we just have to get the information once we get her to that planet. It's just a lot to waste, a lot of time being wasted. Uh-huh. So here we have anybody. Who's ever seen Alien? Yeah, no. Clearly, the face huggers. Like, um, we have some face huggers here. Don't look down into the pot. And even the Rick and Morty episode, Promortius. Promortius. Yeah. But his little stomach is getting him into. Is he trouble. ever full? Right. I want like, would he have eaten all those eggs and then still been over here? Probably. Yeah, uh, Prometheus, Alien, any of the aliens, you start getting freaked out. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like a little baby. Mm, Yeah, that's what is almost so adorable about him. Now, this, I believe, was some conceptual art um, for Ralph McQuarrie, like we were talking about a little bit ago. Uh, original artwork for, I want to say on Dagobah, if not Dagobah, clearly Hoth because of the ice connection. But I want to say it was Dagobah that Luke and or Yoda interacted 
and had to f- fend for themselves against giant spiders. And they look just like these. Well, this big spider reminds me of... Um, of, I'm in sorry? The, in the later seasons of Rebels, where they're on that home base planet with yes. the, those big underground spiders. They were almost like force... They were like four sides, and they had like those... Like, they looked sort of like that. Yeah, they they were force-sensitive, though, to some way, right? Because they would uh-huh. have to put up... There were certain fence posts that they would put up that would keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these things are big. It, it's like, um, well, like Shelob from The Hobbit or from the Lord of the Rings books. You know, as they're trying to get up to uh, Mordor and the tower. But yeah, these things are very fast and very big. Man, that thing's massive. Wow. So again, I'm sorry to connect, just connect it. And there's a lot of stuff from the old conceptual stuff, whether it's from Mount Ralph McQuarrie or just some other, uh, you know, pre, uh, you know, pre, pre planning stages of different movies. And it's nice that they finally get to see the light of day, you know, like, uh, how the Wookiee was supposed to be Zeb. Yes, Ralph McQuarrie, one of his uh, first caricatures of uh, of of Chewbacca was a large, um, what purplish looking, some green, green, just very not Chewbacca at all, and they took that hundred percent sa- uh, same design, and in Star Wars Rebels, one of the main supporting characters, you know, the big beefy guy was Zeb. Was it Zeb or Rilios? Or is that Something. What? I think that's what she called him. Hera. But yeah, so we get uh, just this fighting little pests. Clearly you're going to get overrun. You got to get out of there. Uh-oh. <laughs> awesome. That'll warm up here. Oh. I think I didn't like that either. Uh, that she's she's hopping? A, yeah. Like more, she's more civilized than a frog, like an actual frog. So then, when she's in danger, she reverts back to just being a frog. And that didn't inconsistent. No. You think that she'd have a quicker way to move around? Yeah. Okay, that's not the big, big one. Oh yeah. Ugh. Straight up face hugger looking. Ugh. Yeah, very gross. If anybody is scared of spiders, they are very just like a ton of them. Very grossed out. Oh my gosh! And you know who you have to blame, Baby Yoda. You know it. You can't stay mad at him. Oh, just dancing on his head. Yeah, the flamethrower dropping a little bomb or something down that crack would be pretty good. She oh, looks like, like that. Kermit. Wow, that's a pretty cool shot. All right, now what you gonna do? The I feel like the big design. one would try to break into it. 
a little heat. Well, you think you did enough welding before you went to the sauna? <laughs> You just got to get up and get, what would you call that, sea level? Oh my gosh, the weight of that. Oof. Spiders aren't heavy, but. That one is. That one is. Oh, oh. Space ready? No, cockpit is breached. This thing's upset. You've been killing my kids. You've been eating my babies. Oh, it looks oh. like a rat car. Oof. Like a naked mole rat. Target practice. Ugh. Well, that didn't take long. Yeah, they're no stormtroopers, are they? Oh, no. Quit shooting my ship. They're not missing. That's amazing. So for the listeners who might not know who Dave Filoni is, can you give us a little bit of backstory about the gentleman? Um, he just does a lot of Star Wars directing and writing. I think he works a lot with John Favreau, too. And I don't know what else you want from me. He's a director and a writer. He got his start with the Clone Wars animated show, and he was the showrunner and creator of, of all of that. Yeah, director. And then went into, you know, helping out Rebels, and now he is the de facto head of, gosh, what was his title? He was just given a title of Lucasfilm or Disney Plus, their, their Star Wars TV lineups, he is pretty, in essence, the showrunner of their whole stuff. So he is a legit fanboy that has just worked hard and um, has really risen to lead uh, some of the best intellectual property that Star Wars has come out with. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the X-Wing that Dave Filoni's flying right there, the one that was on the right. Right after they filmed this episode, okay, they took it and put it down in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, <laughs> either Anaheim or at Disney World, whichever one. So there's an X-Wing on display. People can go up to and get pictures with and stuff. And Dave Filoni touched it. Dave Filoni was inside that one for the close-ups and stuff. Nope. And then what? They were riding like that anyways? Uh-huh.
How do you plug the holes? That's what I just... Just get sheet metal from elsewhere and... Yeah. Just cover it as best you can. Now this, them flying in space and their ships just open, I think that was in one of the teasers or the uh -huh. trailers. They're just... Like, okay, what's happening? Yeah. Something's going to happen in an episode. Didn't think it was going to be spiders. With a frog lady. Well, he just needs repulsors, just straight up. <laughs> oh, tip in there. Look how frosty his helmet is. <laughs> he kept his word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she knows something happened. Maybe they're not like viable hmm. embryos right now. They're just they have to uh, the, uh, she said they had to be fertilized. They did need to be fertilized. Okay. Good. So it's not like each one of those is a life. No. Okay. That's good. So Peyton Reed, some good moments throughout. John Favreau wrote it. But um, now this stuff here isn't the original artwork I was talking about of McCory as it pertained to the spiders. Um, you'd have to find those on your own. But they uh, definitely have been published. And I'm going to say they were Dagobah that they had it in, so. So what was that, Doctor Mandible? The Doctor Mandible. So a little bit of a, what do you call it, a Easter egg in there for Marvel fans. Why did he think he was on a hot streak? He had such a bad hand. He had I... like a plus fourteen. No idea. <sighs> Nolan's kind of into Sabak. You are too. So he's a little uh, card and. He's analyzing the play of the giant ant. No, it's his hand was like all greens. Okay. Well, maybe he was waiting for one of the disruptor fields to set or randomize. There wasn't a disruptor field, so I don't know it. how she got an idiot's array. I, hey, maybe she was a stack in the deck like Lando. And if you don't know what we're talking about, right up her sleeve. watch the Darth Bane Path of Destruction analysis. Yeah. Or, or just... You can read the first few chapters of the Darth Bane book, and it goes into great detail. And uh, we do talk a little bit about Darth Bane and his Sabacc playing. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, thank you guys. It, we were really um, kind of missing watching Mandalorian, but we were able to finally find some time um, you know, to get, one, uh, to get one in the can here. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, you, feel free to send us comments. You can check it out. Uh, all of our uh, addresses, et cetera, can be found in, uh, you know, in, in the uh, podcast write-up. Um, yeah, so, Nolan, in talking about re-watching these, I remember you distinctly go, oh, we got to do the frog one then. And now yeah. that, so, you've, I'm a you've bit been, more okay been with dreading the it, one. but now, do you, does it still have such an, a sour taste? Um, I would never want to watch it. Again, yeah. on, on purpose. <laughs> I, 
I mean, if, if, no, if, like for the third season, we'd yeah. go through, we'd watch the first season and the second season. I'd watch it then, but I'm not going to go. I don't like, I would pick the Marshall. Mm-hmm. I would pick the Believer. I'd pick the Prison Break. I'd pick gotcha. basically any episode over watching that one. And again, folks. It's just comparatively to yes, the other yeah, excellent yeah. ones. This still had good moments. I'd rather but... have fun watching a good one yeah. than watching an okay one. Okay. I like that. No. Okay. Uh, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I do think that letting time pass between view excuse me, between viewings does allow uh, you to see kind of things with a different I don't say different perspective, but kind of a refreshed. Oh, definitely, because like watching it for the first time, it was we watched the first episode, then the second episode when the second episode came out. Then we watched the second and the third when the third episode came out. So you just watch it two weeks in a row, and it just get like the same thing. Yeah, it can it can be repetitive, and you're not being surprised. And one of the neat things is the anticipation. That's why Christmas is so wonderful as a kid. That's why you know the Star Wars countdown for two, three years before the movies come out and then the month before and then you're just so excited, you know, the anticipation and then when you have it pay off like the crate dragon, you want that every time. And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you can't, can't always get it. You can't always get what you want. But the episodes get better. They, they do. And this season is... Uh, Three's great, four's great, I think two great. is the only misstep, but again, it's just comparatively. But I remember... <clears throat> this whole season, especially the last half, really. I remember the last silly. two; those are the oh, big ones. Very exciting. So, um, so yeah, we look forward to uh to recording the next uh episodes three and four of season two. Uh, feel free to reach out any questions you have about anything Star Wars related. Um, doesn't have to be just what we're talking about. Um, or you know, anticipating coming up, and uh, we'll get back uh, with you shortly. So I'm Nolan, and I'm Bob. That's. Small rats, baby. That's small rats, baby. Baby.